What is going on? And welcome back to another episode of Creative Digest, where we sit down and we talk with other creators and creatives and talk about their processes and their experiences. Today, we are joined by Hunter Shawcross, a documentarian, a storyteller with a strong passion for filmmaking. Today, we talk everything traveling to Europe while in college, telling a story of NATO countries in the Baltics, and what Hunter thinks of the Oscar noms this year. And for our audio lovers, we make sure that you feel a little bit of extra love. Now, there's a lot of new changes to the format of the podcast. So if you make it to the deep end, let us know on our socials and tell us if you like the new direction of the show. It's hard to forgive bad audio. Yeah, it's really hard to forgive. Forgive bad audio. And uh, well, I'm trying something new Mm -hmm. uh, with the podcast, right? Right. And, and, And that is recording the intro after we're done. Right. So just like figuring out what we talk about as the conversation goes through. Okay, cool. Finding a captivating hook and hitting them with it and then obviously editing that in later. (laughs) Yeah, Um, cool. No, I think I've I've seen that before. Um yeah, they yeah. So 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 you've already been introduced. They know you're they know So they already know me. They know Hunter. Yeah. Hunter's on the podcast as well, though there's some some other changes. Um first off, sadly. Aiden's not here today. Oh, man. That's devastating. He's a busy man, though. Big schoolwork. Um, and so is Hunter. Hunter's also a busy man. So we <laughs> had to just make make what could work happen. Um, but also, there's going to be some edits in the podcast, I'm thinking, in the sense of um, like some music beds, some, cool. some, some sound effects even. Even if we're referencing something else, bringing it in and making it feel a little bit more immersive. Yeah, totally. That, that's cool. Making people feel like they're a part of the conversation. Well, I want everybody to so. know the things that I reference because I reference like 100 things per sentence. Right, exactly. Like so, so pulling those in, <laughs> making people feel uh, a part of the conversation without, uh, what's the word? Getting copyrights. <laughs> yeah, right. No, that's a fucking issue, dude. Um, I had... I've been trying to get sync rights for something for the past like week. I can't. I mean, I can't do it. It's so expensive as a student filmmaker. Like, and right. then you, all the royalty free music is like terrible. It's so bad. Well, it depends on I guess the software you use. So I personally use, and this is not an ad. I wish it was. Uh-huh. I use Soundstripe. Mm. Um, Soundstripe's great. I uh, now I do pay a pretty hefty fee per year, uh-huh. but it's per year. Um, so I pay two, $250 a year, um, and I get un- unlimited access to royalty-free music, stock video, and sound effects. And oh. it's banging. You sound like a promoter right now. Do I? You, you sound like just like a promoter. Well, maybe I should pitch this to, to Soundstripe and see if they'll sponsor this episode. Oh, right, right. <laughs> said maybe that was the plan, <laughs> maybe, you know? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe so, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll see if they'll, uh, they'll sponsor, sponsor the episode. So... I feel like people need to know that this is the second time we've recorded this podcast, sadly. Yeah, yeah. We had some good points, but maybe I said some bad stuff, and, you know, my guardian angel up there was like, we're going to strike down the audio so that you can get another chance at this, because you don't want you to get, you know, canceled. By right, it. right. I don't think I said anything crazy, but, you know, who knows? No, you're pretty You're pretty well mic trained. You're media trained as a whole. Sometimes I'll sit some people down on the mic, and they'll either just not talk at all, or they'll say the most like out of pocket stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, do you not realize that this is gonna be publicly right. posted everywhere? Digital footprint. Digital footprint. Digital footprint. It's important as a filmmaker. It is. Yeah. And I I unneededly started thinking about my digital footprint when I was in like sixth grade. Oh man, I wish I did that. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't I, know I don't know why. I think I only started thinking about it maybe when I was a senior and I was in high school and I was like, oh man, you know, this filmmaker stuff could take off and then somebody sees some crazy thing you put on Snapchat as a freshman and all of a sudden you're like blacklisted from Hollywood. Literally. Yeah. So, I mean, this goes for anybody 20 years from now. You know, I was a stupid high schooler. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't... <laughs> Trust me, I'm in college. I yeah, promise. I, I, I wasn't thinking. No. Right. Uh well, I mean, we saw that, I think, for the first time in, like, public implications with the whole Brent Kavanaugh stuff. Yeah, you totally. You remember that? Like, I know this isn't a, a political podcast, but talking about your your digital footprint, I mean, that almost screwed the dude over. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think nobody's nobody disagrees with the fact that the guy did it. Right. You know, but it was kind of a, it was a moral question of, like, whether or not he should be held accountable for something that happened, I don't even know how many years ago. 
Um, it, it was when he was in college. I don't know how college. old he is now, but I don't know exactly what he he like just like touched a girl inappropriately, right? right? It wasn't, at, and it was like supposedly at a party, yeah, whatever. But nonetheless, it's like yeah, your the actions you do now, especially if you're in college, are going to have uh, implications right. into your 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 future career. Somebody will bring it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't burn bridges. Oh because... man, oh man, you know it, you know it. Yeah, well. Um, yeah, it's just great to be back doing yeah. it again. It's it's a new podcast. It's a different episode. It's a lost media episode. Is the last episode. It's never going to be released. Right. This well, is a different thing. You know. Maybe maybe if I could pull some like really gym worthy clips because we did video that podcast as well. Yeah. So maybe if we can pull something like really good yep. off of it, it'll still go on the TikTok, the Instagram, cool. and the YouTube clips. Mm-hmm. And that's more the reason right. to go follow right. the YouTube. Follow the YouTube. The TikTok. I, don't think the I, follow, I think I follow the TikTok and the Instagram. Maybe not the YouTube. Well, those are the important ones. Yeah. Maybe just we'll, we'll 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 start there. So we talked a lot on the last last time we were together um, about some 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 big future projects you have coming. Right. Yeah. But we didn't talk about a project you work on worked on just so recently. Tell me about it. Oh, so we're going to talk about Night Class. We're going to talk about Night Class. Yeah, so um, Night Class is a film. It's a short film. So, you know, it's not like a film that I wrote years ago or anything, and I've been wanting to do it. It's not a passion project or anything like that. But it's a good, um, I think it's a valuable lesson for a lot of, like, student filmmakers. So Night Class I wrote, I would say, nine months ago. Um, It's been sitting in my vault. I have a vault of short films, like, stuff that I can just produce. This was, like, the easiest, like, one to do, the one I had, like, the most vision for. Um, and it's kind of a, you know, pseudo dreamlike thriller horror, I would maybe say avant-garde, but when people use that word, they get boxed into places they don't need to be boxed into. Um, <laughs> it's a black and white film. Um, just a, you know, I think maybe a five page script, uh, that'll translate to like maybe an eight minute short film. But the reason I did it, um, besides just wanting to produce it was like, I got all these like projects that I did for school and stuff. Um, and they're, they're, you know, they're fine, but they're not stuff that I want to like promote myself with. Like when I make a Hunter Shellcross, you know, portfolio website, whenever that happens, I don't know. I can't be putting up something that I made a year ago with amateur cameramen. And right. Maybe I know what I'm doing when it comes to directing, but not everybody on my crew did. So I wanted to recruit people from around UC that, you know, are at almost professional, semi-professional grade cameramen, audio uh, vice versa, right. um, and just make a short film, something that I could promote, something that I could say I did. So when the time comes, people are asking me, "Did you make a movie? How like how is like I can just say that yeah I did that. Like, I did. Here's yeah, proof, yeah here's right. that. So I mean, it, I don't want to say I don't want to take anything from the artistry of the film because I really am heavily invested in the story that I'm telling. But you know, like there was another purpose for me making it. It was also a like, let's do this. Let's make it. Let's uh, have. Put yeah. put more stuff under the right. the title that is Hunter, right? And outside of like the amateur filmmaking thing too, let's make this, let's make this good. Like, let's do this the way that professionals do this, right? Yeah. No, I love that. That's a great mentality. Um, I actually have a uh, a short film coming up in in February that I'll be recording. Um, I'll be the DP for, mm-hmm. um, and you know, me and the me and the director are just trying to have conversations about like, well, like how how, where, how can we put college students right. in the best possible like position like what are they good at i know they want to make films mm-hmm. i know they want to be filmmakers but they don't know a lick about audio so can we put them on the the casting crew can right. we put them on the uh, the crafty or whatever and it's it, it's trying to be strategic about like not not hurting feelings while yeah. also like putting people in lanes that they will thrive in for the greater ca- cause of the movie you yeah. know because I want to make something that's going to look really good for my 2023 cinematography reel, as well as the director wants to have something that's good for his directing reel. Right. Um, yeah. And that means uh, putting some people in places I don't think they signed up for, but, uh, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, I had I had some girl um, talk to me in class the other day, and I, I was talking to, you know, I was talking to somebody who was next to you. I wasn't talking to her about, like... Um, like the stuff that I'm doing and like, oh, I'm going to Berlin, I'm going to whatever. And she asked me like, oh my gosh, like you must be connected. How do you do that? And I like, I'm not connected. I just, I just do it. And she's like, yeah, here's my number. Like not even, not in a hitting way. Here's here's my number. Like Like, let me know if you need like a PA or something. Um, And like, that's really important. But also like, 
this girl was not like necessarily like a film student. I don't even think she was a film student. Right. So it's like there, there's a level to experience. There's a reason that like you can't get a job right now as like a secondary cameraman on, right. you know, the um, the Wise Guys movies they're shooting downtown right now. There's, you know, there's so like there's still a hierarchy even in college filmmaking yeah. uh, that has to be recognized. Just like you you were saying, like I can't you know, have somebody who doesn't know how to run audio being anywhere close to that microphone because right. audio without audio, as we were saying, like without audio, your, your project's cursed. Your project's, so. project's going to fall apart. Yeah. And I think, well, we, we, you know, talking specifically about audio, um, you know, we're now recording like specifically this podcast, SM7Bs rocking the, yeah. the roadcaster. And that's all thanks to obviously being a student here at the, uh, the university of Cincinnati. And, but I think, Audio is twice as important as video. And I stand by that. And I'm a cinematographer. Like, mm. at heart, I'm a cinematographer. And here's why. Because you don't look up silent video. No. You don't look it up. You don't look up just like, just look at pictures at that point. But people all the time look up podcasts. They listen to true true crime podcasts, storytelling podcasts, these podcasts, hopefully. Um and I think there's something so, so powerful about uh, about audio. So I say all that to say, finding a good audio tech is so important. It is. Don't yeah. let, let let your audio guy be be passionate about what he's doing. Um, I was working on a set, and I don't I don't know if I've ever talked to you about uh, Olivia. Uh, but it's a short film I was the uh, the DP for, and the audio tech on there, his name's Chris Cummins, great guy. Um, he just loved audio. Yeah. I mean, that man would put on the headphones and like go get like the sound of a doorknob uh-huh. and he'd be like guys you have to listen to how crispy this doorknob sounds right now or whatever and but with that we won awards for best sound design best yada yada for for, yeah. for specific uh film contests now i didn't win anything for best cinematographer right. that was devastating but uh <laughs> yeah no i mean um audio is important there's a great movie about audio about sound design it's called which one blowout with uh, okay. John Travolta, it's a it's a Del Palma film. Um, it's a great movie if you are into audio. It's a thriller, um, kind of like a mystery crime thing. Um, okay, if you haven't seen it. It's kind of like I think it's Quentin Tarantino's like second favorite movie of all time. I watched a podcast with him lately. He was talking about that. Interesting. It, it's it's kind of a must watch. I think for film students, um, it's very, very the uh, that's interesting that there's another sound movie about sound production and sound design that's also a thriller um have you ever seen i think it came out 2018 2017 maybe and it's called the barbarian sound studio no i haven't heard of that um okay so it's a it's an american film but it's all like italian actors they Mm. speak a lot of italian in it um and it has a couple really recognizable faces and i couldn't say them off the top of my head so i won't um but yeah it's like a, a thriller and like an unease movie where basically like if sound design and it's just it's a really uneasy movie but we had to watch it for my yeah. film my film class um so yeah i guess there is a lot of movies about sound design yeah which well I, I think it's it, it's a perfect representation of like the the absolute fucking like nightmares that go into making film because like audio i mean or visual like it, you know i wouldn't say that it's easy to do but i feel like it's if you are good at it it's easy to not mess up right it's pretty straightforward pretty straightforward audio right. is not it's Audio's not straightforward and like there are so many filmmakers that have gone through nightmares like trying to like figure out their sound design and just like sinking the ship just sinks i mean like, right yeah yeah you you like audio is either going to elevate your piece or destroy it there's yep. really no in between yeah. it's either going to make it really good or really really bad um okay so you're talking about the short film you just made, and then you just snuck in there. You just casually snuck in there that you're going to Berlin, right? <laughs> which is which is incredible. And you're you're on my podcast, so I'm going to gas you up. All right, you're going to Berlin for a film festival. What's what's the movie, and what are you hoping to win while you're there? Oh man, I'm so sorry. I'm not going for a movie. <gasps> I'm going, going to for? watch movies. I am. Um, That's I, even cooler. Well, yeah, I'm gonna going to actually. I, you know what? I'm going to market a movie. I'm going to market my documentary. Okay. Um, but I've been to so I've been to a couple film festivals now. I've been to the one that they do in Cincinnati, like the OTR one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've been to Cannes in South France, which is so cool. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Um, and then I'm going to Berlin here in February. 
Um, so I'm kinda, what what film festival is it exactly? This is the Berlin Nale Film Festival. So I think okay. it's the fourth biggest film festival in the world. You've got the Palm. Wow. You've got the Palm Door. Right. Right. That's the Con Award. You've got the Golden Lion, which is the Venice Award. Uh-huh. Then you've got Sundance. Um, you got TIFF. You've got TIFF, uh, New York TIFF. Film Festival. But right around that area is Berlin with the Golden Bear Award. That is an Oscar qualifying um, award. Um, but Berlin's cool because they tend to go after more indie filmmakers. Like every film that was at Cannes this um, over the last summer, like it was at least an Oscar conversation. Like that—that's wow. just like how much they, how much just like they put into that. Like I mean, Parasite won the Palme d'Or, and then it was like a lock to win the Oscar. And it wasn't that simple this year. Triangle of Sadness won the Palme d'Or when I was there. Okay, but it was, it's still nominated for Best still Picture. Nominated. It still could win. It's not going to because it's not that great. Right. But it still could. It could win compared to the other twelve movies that are also nominated for yeah. Best Picture. Yeah, actually, I, I, I'm going to go back on that. Triangle of Sadness is actually pretty good, but it's not like comparably, it's not that great. Right. Um. But yeah, yeah. So Berlin, Berlin is more like you won't see the stuff in Berlin. Like maybe one movie you might see mentioned, but you won't see it in the popular Academy, you know, sweepstakes. And that's kind of why I like it because I'm a contrarian. Right. So um, I like to see like the indie films, and there's a lot of stuff from Asia and India and Africa that you know seeps their way up there, and um, less of that like elitist. And not to say there's anything wrong because there were some great films at Cannes that I saw, but um, I like I like. I right. like Berlin's kind of demographic more. So you're going alone? You're going with people? I'm going with uh, the mystical tan May that the I was mentioning. The mystical tan Yeah, May. he's my producer for the uh, documentary. And then another friend of mine, um, he's a film student here named Logan. Logan, okay. Um Yeah, and we're just, we got, actually, the university paid for our tickets. It's amazing. Um, you know, I, we got the accreditation, and I'm going, and I'm going to go hang out in Europe a little bit, but also kind of at least, like, talk about our film to mm-hmm. people and kind of just get, like, sort of a prologue for me yeah um for i mean like my film is an experience like is my experience and even though this isn't going to be part of the film it's still kind of a prologue for me i'm going to like the entryway into eastern europe i mean germany is western europe by far but we're kind of getting there yeah um and so that's that's kind of part of that um i also just love film festivals i like to go see stuff like Half a year, a year in advance. It, I feel so cool being oh, able yeah. to say that I saw this at a film festival. Like, um, it's just amazing. Um, and so that's part of it. And like, I mean, just getting to be in Europe is just always a, just an yeah. amazing opportunity. And so, um, yeah. Well, uh, I, and I, lo- I love that you bring that up. And I also love that you brought up that the UC, yeah, that UC was uh, so willing to uh, partner with this and and make something like this a little bit more tangible. Because I think a lot of people um, approach college and they approach, I mean, especially in the film world, a lot of people are saying that, you know, it's limiting. You're not able to, uh, you know, jump in as deep or, you know, it's like if you go to college for four years, that means you're four years behind your career. Right. And I think that uh, you are a prime example, um, especially even in in including the people that you uh, that you surround yourself with. You're a prime example of. That's just not the case, right? Yeah. That that you see, or that college in general, especially if you pick the right one, um, is willing to invest in those those passions, those dreams, um, especially if it's going to to bring a greater right. result. You know, <laughs> um, obviously, you know, at the end of the day, this is a, a university, still a business, so uh, they like to see something that's gonna that they can put their name on. Um, and obviously, the school sees something in, in your ability to to make movies. So, I, I mean, so, that's yeah. that's definitely something to to say because I mean I know you are you're a talented dude um, but you. obviously obviously the school sees that as well and so I think that's just like a, an encouragement right. uh, an anti gatekeeping encouragement of if you want to do it you just got to ask right yeah. like what was that what was that process like like how how did you get them to pay for your tickets I you know you know what I think that a lot of filmmakers a lot of college students in general you know when they're struggling to you know kind of get something out of their college there's one thing that they need to learn how to do, and it is so simple. Learn how to send a good fucking email. If you know how to email people, Facts. and you have a good, sig- like, you have to set up your signature and have right. all that stuff, like, if you can send a good professional-level email, like, you are in. You are in the club, man. Oh, like, yeah. I, I, um, and that's not all of it, obviously. Like, I had to apply for the funding. Basically, what happened was, 
Um, I actually had my eyes on Berlin back in August. I wanted to go, but I had the you know the documentary that I was shooting in May, coupled with I'm going on vacation to Japan this summer just on my own and. Not That's like so not for a filmmaker thing or anything, just going. Um, and I didn't think I'd be able to afford it because plane tickets are pretty tough. Um, but I, I, they actually sent out an email about the festival, just being like, "Hey, like we have a student accreditation pass if you want to go." Like it was just to everybody. And I thought about it for a day. I sent an email and I got it, and that, that awesome. was it. And um, you know, in every single DMC, every single film and media study uh, student took that. And granted, I'm economically able to do this because. A, my parents help me out right. with my rent, and B, I have a job. So it's not like they're just paying for my own, own my trip. They're paying for my flight, and that's it. And they sure. got the ticket or the accreditation, which is probably $300. But, um, like, you know, it's not – I'm not, like, saying that, like – because a lot of people can't financially do this. Like, right. It's, like, it's totally – that's totally true. But if you can, you know, you can do that kind of stuff. Like, that's – and I, I think traveling to Europe, if you want to make it in the film industry – you have to be able to go out. And Europe's big. Travel. Um, Euro, Europe has yeah. such a, like, I think so many people think that filmmaking is just Hollywood. Yeah. And that's, like, the furthest thing from the truth. Like, yeah. I think uh, Asia, specifically, like, the Korea or, uh, I mean, of course, Germany, France. I know the UK is putting yeah. out some absolute bangers um, coming into even the Oscar season. They are, yeah. They have um, in, in, you know, 2021 was a prime example of this as well. Um so I it, it just experience number one though is is I think the mo- the most <laughs> important whether you went and saw movies or not or it was just you and the boys went to Berlin for a weekend right. right it's the fact that you and the boys went to Berlin for the weekend and now you're gonna have more experience under your belt right. more stories to tell um, but luckily it just works yeah. out that it's it's very filmmaking related um, but I think that goes for for. Any art, you know. Yeah, I no. think I think the more that you can experience, the more that you can do, the more that you can tell stories. Do you think that you'll be filming any of this experience as a part of the larger documentary? Um, it's certainly possible. In fact, um, it kind of depends on uh, shipping speeds. Okay, I have um, some of my camera equipment, and I want to take my camera to Berlin, and I probably should be able to. Um, I don't think I'm going to have my microphones and stuff all set up for that, but I definitely think that, um, and we can, we can maybe even segue into talking about the edge of chaos as a project in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going to, yeah. and then you just spoiled, <laughs> spoiled my plans. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think that, um, as part of the larger story, um, the, the European film community is something that, um, has a real reaching hand into like what it means to make a film about Ukraine mm-hmm. because um, Ukraine actually has a pretty, or well, I don't want to say had because they are still making movies, but it's kind of on pause right now due to the, the, the invasion. Um, but they actually had a fairly big film industry. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I actually got the, I got a caught or I got to catch a, um, a Ukrainian film at con. It wasn't actually that good, but I mean, right. But they do have a big film industry. And so like a lot of these countries, see it as their brethren, you know, getting just shot down in the yeah. street. And they're, you know, it's like, it's, so there is this very, this is huge sense of like, what can we do? What what can we do for them right now? Like in this, in this, like, cause you can't go to war. Um, you know, you can't even really go into Ukraine. And mm-hmm. so like, we're not going into Ukraine, like, but what can I do? So I'm telling a different story about um, a different set of countries that had something changed in 2004 when they joined NATO could very well be in the same position that Ukraine is in right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and so um, Berlin is important because it's a gathering of European film. Khan is more of a worldwide market, and Berlin has plenty of Asian and South Asian films and stuff, but um, it's it's kind of a, I don't know, a um, kumbaya for a lot of European filmmakers. And so that's why I think it's important for me to go. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a that's a great statement, and and so you 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 briefly brought up, um, or you, you touched on, the edge of chaos, which yeah. is, again, probably the most killer title I've heard, especially knowing what the film is about. Right. Um, so tell people, tell 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 the tell the listeners. Let's run it. Yeah. What I, is the edge of chaos, and why are you making it? Yeah. So um, I've done this I've done this pitch, hundred 
hundred million different times. I'm gonna so have I'm to gonna keep try doing to, it until it's done. I know, right? That's how. That's and, and after and after. Yeah, because you gotta sell it, it too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to give my most concise um, uh, project description here. Uh, so Edge of Chaos is a feature-length documentary that is going to be shot in the Baltics, so not Ukraine. Um, UC Journal or something. They did an article on it. I was talking to the the, the lady who was interviewing me. I heard I like, it. I did, were you the one? Were you telling me it didn't go well, or was that a different article? Well, the interview went well, but the article was just like I literally mentioned, like, "Hey, we are not going to Ukraine." And when you write this article, I really want you to make sure that you say that we are not going to Ukraine. Right. A month later, the article comes out. Two brave uh, UC filmmakers are traveling to Ukraine to film. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like crazy. it's complete, it's complete and utter ignorance. But I don't know. <laughs> maybe she had something going on and forgot. I, it's totally fine. But um, yeah, so we're traveling to the Baltics. So okay. Estonia, Lithuania, Latvia, and um, we are shooting um, just a story out there. Awesome, uh, man. Basically, um, it actually originated. Um, I wanted to go and take a car and drive across the border as kind of like a protest to the the Russian Federation, uh, but that that's maybe seemed, not the safest. Yeah, um, a drive across like on the edge. So oh. that was the edge of chaos. Okay, not okay, drive okay. across the border and get blown up by landmines. No, no, no. Like drive, drive on the edge of the the border of Europe. Right. Uh, but it kind of just turned into this culture study of these Baltic countries that are really fascinating, I and that. I kind of feel like a lot of people don't know anything about them. Mm-hmm. However, they're some of the safest, most economically developed countries in all of Europe. Right. Um, they, Estonia, um, in particular, has probably the brightest future in terms of like technological development, and maybe the entire world. They, uh, they were the ones who started Skype. Um, they have, they, they were some of the like the you know um, breaking forward and like fiber technology for Wi-Fi. Really. Um, and so like when you hear Estonia, if you even know what it is, because there's plenty of people who have no idea what Estonia is, yeah. you probably think, oh, it's an ex-Russian country. They probably still ride donkeys over there and <laughs> mill with wooden tools. It's 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 just no, American. It's quite the, heart, the opposite. I know. Yeah. It, it's the heart of American ignorance with a lot of that stuff. You yeah. know, we think. Germany, France, England, yeah, they're all probably like pretty developed or whatnot. Um, and then everyone they else all, is... They all have their problems. Estonia does too, don't get me wrong. But um, Estonia is on, and all these countries in general are maybe just a few steps behind, um, you know, the big powers in Europe like Germany and Poland. And I mean, Estonia will never be as economically successful as those countries, mainly due to the fact that they just have like a smaller population yeah. and large, uh, like a smaller landmass and stuff. Um, less natural resources, but you know these countries are developed. They're they're safe to go to. So I, I always talk to people. I'm like, hey, I'm doing this documentary, and they're like, oh my gosh, you're gonna get blown up by terrorists. And I'm like, <laughs> um, no, this is in NATO. Like if I'm getting blown up by bombs, you're at World War Three. Like, right. Yeah. So, yeah. We're in the wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're they're it's b- the same protection that you'll have in America. Exactly. You'll have there. That's crazy. But um, I just want to tell these countries stories. Um, yeah. I think, you know, um. Lithuanians, Latvians, Estonians, um, they're all ex-Soviet countries. Um, and so there was this, you know, there was a lot of American propaganda um, during, you know, pretty much the entirety of the Soviet Union about how these countries are like, you know, so just ravaged by famine and these these territories are like, they don't speak, they're backwards, you know? And that has stuck with these countries um, even today. Uh, yeah. You know, we still think of them as backwards Slavic Ruskies who, and I mean, they don't even speak, some of them don't even speak Russian. There's Estonian, Latvian, Lithuanian languages yeah. that are just completely separate. So that's, you know, that's the story we want to tell. Um, and I want to reflect it onto what's going on in Ukraine right now. Um, we are, as a society, or at least we were, um, the war is dying down at least a little bit, uh, on the edge of chaos. And that is part of the, you know, we, well, we're literally going to be on the edge of chaos, as I mean, like a chaotic authoritarian regime is Russia. That's kind of what I meant in one part by the title, we're also on the edge of chaos as a society if we look at these countries as backwards because they speak different languages and they're farther away from yeah. us. So that's that's kind of what we're doing. Um, you know, I um, I also want to take into, po- uh, into consideration my viewpoint as a filmmaker and try to, you know, turn that into a story, right? Um, so, like, you know, it's also about, you know, four college students going out to Eastern Europe with cameras and just recording what they see. That's kind of what this is about. Um, so it's not going to be like free solo where I'm climbing a mountaintop or something right. with nothing on. Like, it's not going to be that. But I think I'll make a really engaging piece. I Actually, I will make a really engaging piece of hey. storytelling and travel documentary and something that I think um, yeah. a lot of 
student filmmakers will want to make. You know, the, the part of this is just the ambition, right? Mm -hmm. Just like saying that we're going to do this and nobody's stopping us. We're yeah. going to do it. And that's yeah. what we're doing. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I, and I, first, I think it's an amazing story. I think that, uh, I mean, yeah, every time you tell me about it, I'm like, that's so cool, right? I think, and, it, but, and even for me, it's like, yeah, I'm, I need to go, right? Like, I need to go. Um, you know, we've talked briefly, like, I'll be going to, uh, to Germany over the summer. Yeah. Um, spending a couple of months there. Um, so first off, tell me how it is, and I'll uh, I'll be able to prepare a little bit better. <laughs> but uh, but the second is, I think there's just something that's really really inspiring about the fact that you guys are going about your age, um, and about that you're just you, you go to University of Cincinnati in Cincinnati, Ohio, yeah. right? Like it's um, it's not some Stanford, it's not Harvard, yeah. it's not whatever. It's 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 a a public college and. Um, it's accessible. Yes, yeah. there are always going to be, uh, you know, financial barriers, and that's always going to come into play um, with the travel, with the, the gear cost, with being at school in general. Um, but it, but what I really like about it is that, from a creative standpoint, from a creator standpoint, is a lot of people are like, "There's no way to get into this. Um, it's it's already an oversaturated market. There's no story left to tell." Like these are things that I've actually heard before. And what you guys are doing are proving that, well, not even proving, you're just opening the door to a, a, another, um, well, realistically part of the world, but also stories. You're opening yeah. the door to, like, you could go down to Kentucky and there's a world of stories to tell right. there. You could go to California, another world of stories. You're going to Europe and that's a world of stories yeah. that people here that uh, people all over the world are never going to get to hear unless somebody like you, unless somebody um, listening to the podcast goes and tells, right? right. It, it's our responsibility to either tell the story that's up here, talking about the stories in our heads, or to go tell the stories that people aren't equipped enough to tell. Right. And yeah. I love that. I mean, and to, to be fair to, you know, Eastern Europe, I... Uh, the people out there are more than equipped enough to uh, to right yeah from a from a creative standpoint yeah. from a um but yeah I mean and I think it's a bit of a dichotomy too you know we're we're not um we're not USC we're not Stanford we're not whatever uh, and those guys get you know their college will send them wherever to do some kind of thing and they want to compete for the student academy awards and so do we yeah uh, and it's kind of the same thing these are these this is a lesser known you know college. But I don't think that stops anybody from being able to take a camera and point it at something and say, "Hey, this is a you know this is a story. This means something." Right. Uh, and there's too much of that right now in the film industry. There's too much of a elitist behavior, and it's always been that way. But um, you know, every now and then, you know, the people that decide that they want to make something, yeah. they make it, and it's good. And um, there will always be the better cameras, the better gear, the better equipment. The better, you know, shooters with the camera, with the audio. There'll yeah, always be yeah. that. But one thing that you can never deny is the true ingenuity and creativity be behind a filmmaker who it doesn't matter what he has, you know? Yeah. And that's not just speaking towards me. I'm not tooting my own horn. The guys that I'm going with are fantastic. And they, just as much as me, are going to make this project, you know, what it's going to be. Right. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, there's just a... Uh, you know, I want to go out and just do it. That's uh, it's the Shia LaBeouf thing, you know, right. like just do it. But it's true, you know, you can just do things in this world, yeah. especially in film. You can just do it if you have, you know, the money to, you know, buy a camera and stuff. Um, well, I think even with an iPhone, right? I and I and I've I've said it before on the podcast, and there's like a a simple set of words that I try to live by, and it's just when opportunity meets preparation, that's when success is born, or right. that's when creation is born, creativity happens. And going into that is if I say, well, the opportunity hasn't presented itself. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. But what are you doing right now that's like inspiring you? Like, like I haven't had the opportunity to go shoot some big short film. Uh -huh. I don't think I care. Go do it. Like, go take your phone. Like, if you don't have a nice camera, go, right. go record audio through your headphones. If you don't have a nice mic, like, figure it out because there's ways to do it. Yeah. Especially now, the, the the barrier to entry is so low that there's really such minuscule excuses. Um, especially if you're surrounded by people who maybe do have access, and that yeah. goes into the play of don't do it all alone. Like. 
If you don't have a nice camera, cool. Go make friends with somebody who does. <laughs> like that, it's that yeah. it's really that easy. Or if you don't have um, the the audio know how, go befriend somebody who does because right. there's somebody who's passionate about it. There's somebody who'd be passionate about your projects, um, and and vice versa. Like it's this is a this is a group effort. No, totally. I mean that's filmmaking. It's a group effort always. That's um, that's why. Um, I love my cameraman so much and I, why I love my audio engineers so much and um, whoever just says, yeah, I'll help you. That's like, it's really important. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, which this, this is this slightly derailing and by slightly, I mean, extremely, um, you know, we talked a little bit about festivals. We talked a little bit about um, the award season. Right. Well, first, do you want to submit that for festivals or what, what, what's your, what's your, in goal where is this going to end up yeah it does i do want to do festivals and okay. there's a little legal stuff with like the university we have to make sure that we can distribute it which okay. we can i don't care about making money off of this film this sure. is kind of a film that i could set the ground with and then i can kind of just do if it, if it's successful i'll be able to just kind of maybe do something you know on my own without you know university funds and stuff um and then i'll make a make another movie i think um i you know i am kind of you know, interested in screenwriting and stuff, but the more and more I think about it, the more and more I like doing another travel documentary after this. Um, I don't know if that's what I'm going to do. Um, I don't know where I would go. I have a couple ideas. Um, but you know, uh, I think I want to submit it into festivals and I do want to compete for a student Academy award. Um, and I think we can, if it's well edited enough, that's kind of the big thing is just the editing at the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, we're looking at Banff. Uh, up in Canada, okay. yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they have a really big uh, like documentary adventure filmmaking kind of thing up there. That they, that's I think that's where Free Solo premiered. Like so, as I compare this kind of the Free Solo, and again, we're not doing anything on the level of that uh, rock climber, um, but uh, <laughs> that is the kind of I feel like that's the kind of target demographic for mm-hmm. this film, um, just like adventurist people like myself, um, but also people who might not be able to adventure and go and fly out to Estonia like this is also kind of a like a, a look at that like um so yeah that's that's part of it and uh, I want to submit it everywhere you know um just any place that'll take us uh Cleveland is one that's probably in sight yeah. too um San Diego is a nice one yeah um and then I would like to submit it to Berlin and Con is a short documentary I mean a, or a small feature documentary uh section i doubt we'll get in but you know worth a uh, shot yeah worth a shot that's just send a well-drafted email you might get in yeah (laughs) yeah my um yeah my hope is i just get one i just want to get into one film festival um that's nice not like a you know like a your dad's sunday like film festival kind of thing like something you know nice and then maybe start looking at an award i mean i think we're going to make a powerful powerful documentary and i know there's plenty of documentary filmmakers out there that are making Probably more powerful ones than mine, but, um, you know, and if I get beat by one that's better than mine, which I will, um, yeah, awesome. But I just want to, you know, start dipping my toes in the world of that. Right. Well, and I think there's always the, uh, you can have that, that, that conversation leaning in the back of your head of, well, somebody's probably better. Somebody will probably win. Somebody will probably, I probably won't even get into the festival. But what's so exciting about that entire conversation is the, well, what if you win? Exactly. Like, what, what if? What if I get in? Totally. And that's what's so exhilarating. And, and, and if you don't get in, cool. Like, that means somebody made a dope mm-hmm. piece and they deserved it, right? Exactly. It's an optimistic kind of way to look at it. It's like, I mean, if somebody yeah. made a piece that's better than mine, they made a piece that's better than mine. Yeah. Now, it would suck if I watched something and I'm like, this is it's total objectively jar- worse. This is yeah. garbage. This is objectively worse. How did the- and that happens um, all the time yeah. uh, with just like Oscars and stuff. Literally. Um, so like, you know, we can, you know, that's that's still something that's super present in filmmaking. But yeah, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if I make a piece uh, and nobody sees it and it never gets in, but I can look at it and be like, man, this is objectively damn good. Yeah. Then it's objectively damn good, and I, you know. I uh, I feel good about it, you know? Yeah, well, and I think, you know, even on a small scale, even on a local scale, um, you see we have a theater here. Yeah. I mean, if you, for whatever reason, don't get into a film festival, which you'll get into, um, there's still audiences oh, that, you, yeah. that, that you could put this eyes on, even if it's public, even if it's um, friends and family, even if it's people who donate it, whatever it is, because um, it's a story that's, that deserves to yeah. be told, and I think it's going to be really, really cool. 
my silly goal is to show it at like the Esquire or maybe on like Nippert, Nippet Night, like on this big I love screen. That. That's a great... Invite all my friends out, have a little picnic on the football yeah. field. Um, I think that's probably actually pretty possible. It's a very it's, possible goal. as long as it's been made. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I look forward to uh, sitting down and watching it. I look forward to uh, to pro- promoting it. Um, Oscar season. Are we going to talk about it? I can't give my opinions yet because next week's episode is Aiden and I chopping it up heavy about the Oscars. Oh man! But I am allowed to ask you. Well, I'll give you a little pro. A little. I'll give you a prequel to the Oscars. Yes, I have opinions. You know, I, I want I the have... opinions. I want them all. Who's getting best picture? Tell me. Who is getting best picture? Not who. Who am I giving best picture? Both. Both. Who Who are you giving it to? Who do you think is actually going to win? So we'll we'll do it. Um. We want to start with best picture. Do we want to do some? Because I mean, that's that all. If you if you know who okay, I'm giving okay, best okay. picture, then you know who I'm giving everything else. Probably right, so. right, 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 right. I, so I, let me let me let me pull up. Yeah. I have the the list of all the important stuff again. If you want to hear my heavy opinions, you got to tune in next week. Yeah, tune in. Hear hear what hear what Aiden and I are going to chat up about. Um, okay, yeah. Well, who well who do you think who do you think is going to get best visual effects? Do you want the list? Uh, yeah, give it to me. I think I know, but I, I think it's probably Avatar if it's that's, on there. That's what I, mean, I have as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's all quiet on the Western Front. Avatar, the Batman, Black Panther, and Top Gun Maverick. I wouldn't mind them giving it to Black Panther, but I, it's Avatar. I think yeah. that that might be the only Oscar Avatar wins all night, but it, Concur- just, it should be Avatar. Well, I mean, I think it's just because ILM and Weta just decided to yeah. invent technology for that Exactly. Movie. You just have to give it to Avatar. Uh, they might not, though. Here's, here's my Oscars gripe for this season. Why did the Batman not get nominated for Best Cinematography? Yeah. That's if it, a, if it was going to get a nomination for anything, it should have been that. Cinematography. But the fact that it was sound design, Best yeah. Visual Effects, Costume, Makeup. Like, what? I did like the costume makeup. I did, too. Uh, but yeah, Especially no, on the ridiculous. Penguin. That was the best part of the, the movie, in my that opinion, was the, was the way it was shot. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um... I idolize Greg Frazier as well. Yeah. Who who got it? I know Deacon's got another nom, right? Deacon does have another nom. Um, and he is nominated. So there is Tar. Yeah. There is Empire of Light, Roger Deacon's. Yeah. yeah. Elvis. Uh, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. I've never seen, seen it. it. It's pretty good. Is it? It's okay. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Don't I don't love that that just keeps getting nominated for stuff really I, yeah because it's not that good it's a, it was good it was entertaining well, as far as Netflix originals yeah, go yeah I guess so but, but I like the original from the 30s a little more sure um, I think Bardo should win um, and I, I will say I'll, I'll preface that by saying that I haven't I don't think I've seen Empire of yeah I haven't seen Empire of Light and I haven't seen Tar um, so that's that is a big thing because Tar's a big one in the right. movies and I haven't seen it I'm actually probably planning to watch it on an airplane it just kind of seems like an airplane movie to me um but Bardo, that was the best part of Bardo. That carried Bardo was the camera work. It was you really think? good. Yeah, it's a Alejandro Gonzalez Inirito uh, film. Sorry for my enunciation. I just speak Spanish, so I had to. No, I love it. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, he uh, he's great. He you know he did um, the Revenant and he did um, yeah. Birdman and Amores Perros. So okay. Yeah, I would give it to him. I'm just looking at the cast. I've. Uh... It's good. It's a great cast. It's a. It's from Mexico. Um, I really love Mexican film. That is one of my like. That's probably one of my top foreign film markets. Mexico. They make some just amazing films. Interesting. Um, Cuarón's, uh, you know, from there as well. Um, uh, Mexico's awesome. They they've really put out some great stuff. Right. That's that's dope. Now is it uh, English speaking film? No, it's completely. I mean, there's like maybe four or five lines in English, but, but it's, it's, it's it's Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Um, very cool. This actor's big. This is a this guy's big. Yeah, he's in Zama. Right. Okay. Zama is really good. That's an Argentinian film. I think he's from Argentina. Oh, uh, okay. I want to say he's from Argentina. That he might sense. be from Mexico, but I I forgot I forget his name, but he's fantastic. Um and he's really good in the movie. Uh he probably if the movie was better cuz it's not that it isn't that good of a movie, but the the cinematography is really good. If the movie was better, he probably would have gotten a, a best actor now because he was really good in it, but the movie was just kind of Lackluster. Well, best actor. Who do you think it's going to be? Um, do you need a list for that too? I don't. I don't need a list for that one. Actor in a leading role. Colin Farrell. I have him second. Who's I, number one for you? I have Brendan Fraser. Here's why. Here's why. Give it, yeah, give it. Not because I picked him, but that's who I think is going to win. 
really? Academy based. Oh yeah. I'm I'm basing this off of who the Academy is gonna pick. I don't think the Academy will give it to him. You don't the, think? I don't think so because in the prior lead up awards, he hasn't done that good. I think mm. he got the critics' choice, but I you know, well first off, he his performance is the worst out of all the performances on the best actor. <laughs> no, I'm s i am and I like Brendan Fraser and I you know, I, I love right. his story and I grew up with some of his movies. But I think I, I could almost say objectively he has the worst performance out of all the nominations. Right. And uh, yeah, it's I see. So I had him winning but the person I circled like so I have two circles. Yeah. Pink circle is who else I could th- see winning it. And I have Paul Mescal. From yeah. After, um, Sun. after Sun was at con. Right. I got another one I haven't seen. I haven't seen after Sun. Oh, okay. So um, that one I'm actually scared to watch because I think it'll make me cry. Um, I've heard it's really good. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte Wells directed that, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, I want to watch that, and I like Paul Mescal, so I, I, I probably would. If I just really love Banshees, and I really love yeah. Colin Farrell, and so, and I, I think he'll get it. Um, I mean, do I think that Brendan Fraser has a really good chance? Yeah, because it's the tearjerker, it's the sob story. Um, but the Oscars kind of hate Darren Aronofsky, the director, mm. um, and Hollywood in general, like. I know this is super conspiracy theory and stuff, but I kind of see it as something where they're not going to give an award to somebody who spoke out against a lot of like the major Hollywood producers right? because they're the ones who run it. And, you know, uh, you hate to see that. And it won't be it won't, yeah. it won't be a storyline when it happens, but it just kind of makes like but I could see I could still see it happening. Right. Um, but yeah. And I, I think Colin Farrell on Banshees is fantastic. Um, I actually don't think he's the best actor in that film. I think Brendan Gleeson is the best supporting actor there. Um, but that was supporting actor. Well, no, I th- or in the film. I think he's the best actor in that film. Oh, okay. I don't think he's going to win supporting actor. Brendan Gleeson won't win supporting actor, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I like Kehi Kwan. We can talk about that one if we want to, too. I mean, I, I like, it's, it's Kehi Kwan, the, the Everything Everywhere uh, supporting actor. Mm-hmm. He's going to win it. There's yep. no way he doesn't win it. Um, yeah, no, I agree. That's who I have. I love him. I Again, I grew up I, watching Indiana Jones, Goonies. So, you know, like, do I think his performance was that great? No, but it's cool that he did it. Yeah, know? and I, uh, well, but it, I mean, he did a, I think he did a great job. Um, especially, like, knowing him, like, seeing his personality outside of the film and then seeing him in the film. It's like, yeah, like, he, I think he did a really yeah. good job at, a, a, at leaning into a role. I also just absolutely adored his, Oscar, his uh, Golden Globe speech. Yeah, he's a sweetheart. He's a sweet you guy. You want to see him win. You want to see him do well. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about... Um, Pointed out, well, I'm like, why am I blanking so hard? Steven Spielberg. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, Steven. Pointed out, pointed out Steven Spielberg, yeah. who he's in. He's in the Oscars, and I love to see it. I absolutely love to see um, the Fablemans. I love to see Steven Spielberg. So that's my best director, is Steven Spielberg. That would be my other lock. Steven right. Spielberg is winning best director. That's my lock. Um, but you can't lock anything in the Oscars because it's always it's yeah yeah. Um, and the Fableman, if I were to pick best picture, it'd be the Fableman. I don't think it's gonna win best picture. Um, I think everybody. So, so that's my list. Pink yeah. is what I could see winning. Yellow is what I think will win. I don't know if they'll give it to Banshees. Unfortunately, I would love to see them give it to Banshees. Um, just as much as I would love to see him give it to Fableman, I'd probably, if I had to pick my favorite out of those, I'd probably pick Fableman with a slight, like just a slight Win. advantage Well, there. because I think it was, and, and I'll go into more detail on this later, but uh, it was something that was inspirational. It was something that was entertaining. It was something that was so right. authentically Steven Spielberg, and I loved it because I'm just a Steven Spielberg fanboy. Yeah, same here. Um, visually, it wasn't, anything that like threw me off it was it was him it was just like his identity was in the film and i loved it so right yeah no it's a great movie um we can quickly touch on the other ones if you want yeah best actress who do you think um i like the actress from the fableman i like uh, and she's not gonna win it um i am blanking on her name as, as i always do i need to give her a actress in a leading role is michelle williams yeah michelle williams she was amazing um and i haven't again i haven't seen tar so kate blanchett could be up there um, she's kind of an Oscar sweetheart, so she could have phoned it in and they would have given have, it to her. That's who I have winning. Um, Michelle Yao is probably going to win it, though. That's who That's who I circled for my probably going to win. And but I also saw sneaking in there was uh, Ana de Armas for Blonde. Did yeah, you see Blonde? Yeah, because I haven't seen... Well, I've seen part of it. I turned it off. I didn't like it that much. No, but her performance was... Her performance was great. probably... I mean, I watched... From what I saw, it was really good. 
And the Oscars likes to give those kind of awards to people in movies that suck, but they gave a great performance. Yeah. And so I could see that. I could totally see Anna de Armas walking away with it. Um, because I think, like, I don't see Michelle Williams getting it because they're not going to give the Fableman best picture, best director, best actress. Like, they're not going yeah. to. And honestly, it's really unfortunate. Her performance has not really been talked about a lot at all. Right. Like, not a lot of people know she even got nominated which is such a shame because her performance was, like, legendary. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, I think Michelle Yao will still get it. Uh, she's got all the hype. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, the the I, whatever about her performance, you know, that, that movie's just, you know, really popular right now, and I think they'll probably want to give her Best Actress. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. I mean, I do think she did a good job, but um, talking about Michelle Yao, but um, I don't know. I would like to see Miss Williams get it. Um, I, I, that's not who I have, but I would like to see. But but it could be another La La Land situation. Yeah, could be another one movie clean sweep situation. It's possible um, um, with everything everywhere all at once. Is that what we're talking? Well, about? that too. But I was actually thinking the Fablemans. Well, um, it should be. It should be with the. I mean, the Fablemans was just amazing. Like, I I think that maybe you know, like uh, there wasn't a best. Actually, I thought the lead of the Fablemans should have gotten nominated for best actor. The he's like twenty, but they don't like to do that that much with like yeah. younger kid actors. They typically never get nominations. It's one of the reasons. Like T. Shaw's put in some of the greatest performances yeah. a young actor can put in, but he, I don't think he's only gotten nominated maybe once. Yeah, they don't like to do it. Yeah. Um, and you know whatever I I wouldn't put his performance above uh, above Colin Farrell, um, but yeah I you know I when it talk when we start talking about editing and cinematography and all that stuff and I don't even know if Fableman's nominated for it it's probably nominated for a couple of those um, I'll take a gander yeah I uh, you know like I would be okay with it not sweeping there um, mm-hmm. just so that it could win the awards that I want to see it win yeah. Um, but there, you know, that's, there's a reason that, um, I don't think that the Fableman will win best picture and that's just because it doesn't necessarily like fit, I think the narrative that the Oscars have been leaning towards in the yeah. past couple of years. Cause they never, they did give once upon a time in Hollywood best, um, best picture. And that was the same kind of film that this is. It's a movie about movie making about filmmaking. Yeah. And like um, meta commentary. It's meta, it's, it's somewhat meta commentary for the Oscars to give it an award. And I just I, I think I, I think I probably see them giving best picture. I, I we haven't really touched on best picture, I suppose, but I think I probably I mean, see them giving it to everything everywhere all at once. I it's not and again, I'm a outspoken critic of this film. Um, I don't think it's very good. But it it fits kind of the the direction the Oscars are going with yeah. in terms of popular film. That it, it, it's sitting that sits just above like the, like the box office. Like I don't. I think Avatar was probably the highest grossing film of the year, um, which is crazy because it had like fourteen yeah. days to do it and it yeah. did it, which yeah. is wild. Um, but everything, everywhere, all at once is the most popular film of the year that has at least some claim to artistry because it's an A24 film. Mm-hmm. And they kind of want to, you know, I think A24 is about to be like the next big production company in America. Um, like soon, I would say probably almost maybe in a year or two, you know, you are you have Lionsgate, you have 21st Century um, or 20th Century, and you have um, a couple others. Sure. And you have A24. Like A24 is no, no longer an indie film mm. produ- uh, producer and no yeah there it's time for them to get there i mean they i guess they did already get a best picture with moonlight moonlight's a24 film right um but yeah it's time for that to happen um just narrative wise i think that it's there's no way it doesn't win um unless i mean it, and if it doesn't win it's going to be all over the internet people talking about why didn't this win and it shouldn't it shouldn't win but it will um at least in my opinion i i'm not a big fan of that movie um I think it should win for costumes, and I wouldn't mind Kei Kwan um, winning for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, but besides that, yeah. Well, I love those opinions. Yeah. and uh, But if people want my opinions, they have to listen to the next right, episode. Right. They have to. i got to keep them Got to keep them wanting more. I also have to... Uh, got to get the opinions of Aiden in here, who has has some opinions. We, we've, we've already right. talked about it a ton, and so <laughs> it's, now, it's now about time that we put it on... Uh, 
on recording. I want to get one last word in here. I don't know what we're running at. With no, time. no, but there's no time uh, limit. But about yeah, international feature and about the international films. Right, yes. And the Academy, because the Academy has proven again this year, uh, once again, for the 100th time, that they have no idea that there are movies being made outside of America. Right. Um, right. The fact, the fact that RRR was not nominated oh my gosh. for Best International Feature Film is absurd. I mean, just just enough evidence that you need to just completely discredit the Oscars, as I've been doing for the past. You know, I always watch and tune in and give right. my picks because for me fun. it's like the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's the Super Bowl. I love the Oscars for yeah. the entertainment of it. Yeah. Okay. But. Um, Holy Spider, I they missed a perfect opportunity to highlight injustices in Iran. Instead, they uh, they throw a bone to. Um, I'm trying to think about the other films that were nominated besides All Quiet on the Western Front because All Quiet's going to win because I don't even Netflix probably um, right because somebody paid somebody <laughs> yeah no no but because you can get away with doing that with international features right? right because All Quiet on the Western Front yeah it's a German film this is a Netflix movie you right. know like this was designed to win inter- best international feature um, I don't even think Bardo got a nomination and Bardo wasn't that good but right. um, there was a couple others that probably let, oh, let me look them up international. Did Triangle of Sadness get a nomination? Uh, for Best Picture, yeah. Well, I know it got it, but did it get an internet? Because it's like a, oh, uh, probably didn't because it's an American-Swedish co-production. Um, uh, list of Academy, what? Okay, hold on, here we go. All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, it looks like, your, for your consideration, March 12th, okay. The Quiet Girl. Yep. Highest grossing Irish language film. Yeah, I've heard of it. In history. Close. I have heard about this one. Mm-hmm. Um, that was A24. Gosh, they're just doing. Um, EO. Yep, Polish. Yep. All Quiet on the Western Front. Ah, it's kind of, it's either, it's, if I'm look just looking at this list, it's either going to be close or All Quiet on the Western it's Front. It's All Quiet. There's no, I mean... And that that probably highlights my main talking point with the Oscars and with just everything. Like, there's no, there's no, um, like, all these films that are getting nominated. Maybe EO and Close are like. Oh, also Argentina, 1985. Yeah, right. Those are all films that are marketed towards America. Mm -hmm. That's bullshit. Um, You, international feature is all about films that are international. all Quiet on the Western Front, I don't care if it's a complete um, independent German production. Mm-hmm. It was bought by Netflix. It's right. a Netflix. It's like that is not, that does not deserve the nomination for internet. Like it doesn't. And you can say like, yeah, Parasite was really um, influential to like the American populace. And Bong Joon-ho, yeah, he's he makes movies in Hollywood too. He's not just a Korean filmmaker. All that being said, like there are so many movies, like you didn't, all, out of all the ones you named, I don't think there was a single um, film that you named that was like everybody there is still white, and I don't. I'm not that guy that's going to be talking about like inclusivity and stuff. But like, there's not. I, but you can just tell who's who's yeah getting marketed to. You can tell who um, are going to get the eyes on the Oscars. It's all. I mean, a lot, I feel like a lot of these nominations are for the overall greater rating of um, what's the word. Of the Oscars. Yeah. I mean, just like the Super Bowl, the fact that the Eagles and the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, that's going to get crazy ratings because it's an under underdog story. Yeah. People like to see those things win. People, right. you know, they're invested in. Just like these movies, it's the Oscars is televised for America, so therefore yeah. it needs to be movies yeah. that people care about. And RRR is not going to get a nomination because it's a Bollywood film and Hollywood doesn't want to do that for them. And then... Holy Spider, the great Iranian film that was at Cannes that mm-hmm. almost won the Palme d'Or, is not going to get a nomination because they don't want Iran boycotting the Oscars. Like mm-hmm. it's obvious, um, it you know, and it sucks. And you Our, can you can see it with Oscars probably more than anything, right? Um, I mean, I know a lot of Bengals fans probably feel the same way about the Super Bowl right now, with right? All, yeah, I mean the fact that some of the calls last night, yeah, it's yada, the same yada, thing. Yada, it's, yada, but, it's that same it's that same parallel, but. Yeah, I mean, that's all I'll say about the Oscars. I, I give them too much attention every year. No, I love it. I, yeah. I, I put in the, I, you know, I, I criticize, we criticize. 
Um, but I'm going to keep watching. And, I am. Uh, Aiden and I, which we'll bring this up next week, but we're talking about doing a live podcast oh, during oh. the Oscars to do commentary. Maybe bringing on a couple extra people to make it feel more conversational mm. um, and, and, and things like that. But no, yeah, the Oscars, I love it though. You know, get some people together, make it a whole evening thing. You know, just order food in just like you would do for yeah. for the Super Bowl. That's what the Oscars is for me. Mm-hmm. I'll stand up there and scream as loud as I can at the TV um, for whoever wins. Yeah, I remember 2019. That was my favorite year. Um, that was a great year that for was film. A great that was year for such film. a good year for film, and I think a lot of people stand by that. Yeah, and at the time, Parasite, which is one of my—I mean, one of the best screenplays ever written—and I love that movie. At the time, it, it's crazy to say that I was disappointed that that movie won Best Picture, right? I, because yeah. there's so many yeah, good movies out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but now it's now I—I I, I mean, I think Fableman and Banshees are really good. But and this year was actually a really good year for film. But this year also had a lot of stinkers and uh, <laughs> a lot of letdowns. A lot yeah. of like. Tons of hype around a movie, and mm-hmm. then it just is yeah. dog water. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, and I fully just blanked, and I was going to say something. It was going to be good. Right. But now I forget. <laughs> I'm devastated the, that I forget. Oh, do you, and it, it, this might just be me. This might just be me as a filmmaker, but you like practice your Oscar speech. Oh, yeah. I do it all the time. Yeah, I do it when I'm... Actually, uh, it's funny. This is hilarious now that I'm, like, saying it out <laughs> the I do it when I'm trying to go to sleep because it helps me fall asleep. Yeah, like, dude. I'll, no. I'll literally give speeches when I'm getting ready in the morning or when I'm in the shower, and sometimes they're Oscar speeches, sometimes for something else. I really don't know, yeah. but... I like yeah. to think that when it comes to time, I'll be too cool for the Oscars, and I'll like show up like Kanye West with a bottle of Hennessy, and I'll, well, <laughs> I don't want to idolize Kanye West, but you know what I mean, right? Like, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but if I get ever no- if I ever get nominated for an Oscar, I'm gonna be very, very excited. Um, oh my and then maybe that excitement will fade um, as time goes on. I think Marlon Brando did one of the most badass things in the history of. Hollywood and filmmaking when he just decided not to accept his Oscar uh, because he's awesome and Marlon Brando is just amazing and (laughs) uh, rest in peace Um, rest in peace to Marlon Brando I'm assuming yeah he died a while ago he died in the 90s Um, crazy cool though yeah but then I also like look up to some other like I'll I'll, like watch people's Oscar acceptance speeches and like get excited about it I think and I don't know what your take on him is, but like Matthew McConaughey's Oscar speech, like I idolize. I yeah, talk- he's awesome. Matthew McConaughey is such a misunderstood actor. People think he's such a cocky dude because he talks weird and he does the Lincoln commercials. Matthew McConaughey is a badass. He's so good. He's a great guy. Um, he, he, I think he wants to run for governor of Texas. That, that was talked about, but he, he released a final statement basically saying he's like, I'm honored that you guys uh, want me to do this. Um, uh uh, he's like, I'm honored that you guys want me to do this, but you know, yeah. Um, are those are those people needing in here? They're looking at me like they do. I'm not sure. Well, do I wrap up the podcast because of that? Uh, what are we running at? Well, be- I have the room reserved for another thirty minutes. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Well, then we have it for another thirty minutes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, then that means they can stand out there and wait uh-huh. <laughs> at least for me to wrap yeah, up the episode. Yeah. Do you have any any final thoughts? Any 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 future projects uh, that we maybe didn't mention? Anything that you've released that you want to start promoting? Yeah. Um. You know, I don't have anything I really like necessarily want to promote right now. Okay. Um. I'm not big into that kind of like. I want you know there there'll be a um a GoFundMe out here and maybe I'll link it to you and you can promote it in one of your episodes of the podcast at some point when it's ready. But there'll be a GoFundMe out. Probably in a month or two, maybe like in a week or two. Um, definitely within the last or within the next two months. Okay. Um, it'll be for the Edge of Chaos. It's not for any of our gear or anything. Right. It's just for my filmmakers uh, that are coming with me and myself as well for like our dinners and stuff. Right. Like, and we can cover it ourselves, but it's kind of like um, you know, would be so nice. So I don't if, bankrupt myself. People, right. And uh, you know, obviously there's no pressure or anything with that. It's just kind of like a, you know, I have I have aunts and uncles, and I know that. If I send it out and they send it out to their aunts and uncles, you know, it's 20 bucks yeah. aunt and uncle and, you, and it starts to rack up and all of a sudden you have $3,000 that you can spend on food and now you're more focused on making the movie and less focused on watching your bank account. Right. I love it. And uh, which when, when that is live, I'll, I'll make sure to talk about it on that week's episode um, as well as whenever we get closer to the movie, maybe when you guys get back, we'd love to have you uh, and the entire yeah, team on. I'd love to, to bring the whole team on. To talk about their experiences um, as well as what you know, what maybe some right. s- some crazy stories that you you'll you'll let us in on uh, before the before the movie comes yeah. out. Um, and 
Hunter's information, the Instagrams. Yeah. The um, anything else? Do you have? You can follow me on Instagram if you want. I don't. I'm not that kind of. <laughs> well, it's gonna be down in the show notes below. Yeah, I'm connect a, with this guy. I'm Hunter Shawcross. <laughs> um, I uh, yeah, I am. I'm at UC here, making movies, doing my thing, writing some screenplays. Um, I can't even tell you what my actual Instagram handle is. You can just look up Hunter Shawcross. I don't think there's there's probably like two other Hunter Shawcrosses in the entire right. world. So, um, you can find it. I'm sure you can. I love it. Um, I don't use Twitter. I probably should, but I don't. Um, right. Don't use TikTok or Snapchat either. So if you want to find me, um, I'm at UC. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure you can ask around. I know a lot of people here. Yeah, so. So, I'm <laughs> sure, so somebody will point you in the right direction. Gosh, Hunter, thanks for thanks for coming on today. Yeah, Isn't I know. Absolute honor. Um, I, I, I was so intentional about making sure that we re-recorded this because, you know, I knew it was going to be a solid episode. And I... Uh, Hope that the people listening enjoyed as well. Yeah. As much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, make sure you tune in next week. Yeah. Tune in. They're talking about the Oscars. Heck yeah. It's important.